Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes with your host, Jay and Trey. Hey there, all you Matt fans, ready for WrestleMania coming up this weekend? Yes, it's in front of people again, so once again, another sign of life returning to normality. Uh, Baseball in front of people this week as they open their season, and now wrestling again back in front of people. Uh, Should be uh, fun. uh, We had our Raw go-home show, uh, getting ready for WrestleMania tonight, and uh, it was little subdued, a little, uh, little less crazy, a uh, little less frantic than past years, I think. But uh, we'll see what our guests think of that when my guests eventually make it to the show. Uh, this is indeed Kings of Non Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast here with you live on a Monday night, April the 5th, 2021. I'm Dre, and I am currently guestless. Uh, my co-host Jay texted me and said that his uh, computer was giving him problems. He had to reboot, so he'll be on shortly. And our wrestling expert Jerry has had a hell of a time trying to connect. Uh, just has not worked out for him through the computer. Uh, so this is him trying to get through on the phone line now. And what's interesting is he hasn't heard me at all every time he's tried to connect, so it might be me. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out in a second. Okay, Jerry, can you hear me now? I can. Can you hear me? I can hear you perfectly fine. Yes, thank you. Welcome in. Great. Thank you. Oh, that was uh, that was scary because uh, Jason isn't here yet, so I didn't have anyone else on the line to see if it was a problem with me. I thought maybe it was you know something wrong with my connection. Every time I clicked you through, and I'm like, can you hear me? And I heard nothing back, and I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, but nope, I'm 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 fine. You're fine now. You sound great, and uh, we were ready to get our, our WrestleMania preview started. Uh, like I said, Jason will be along shortly. He texted me and said his computer was messed up, so he had to reboot. So he'll be in uh, in a second. Uh, but Jerry, the rest, Jerry, the wrestling expert, does indeed join us uh, once again for our WrestleMania preview. How's things going, Jerry? Hanging in there. It's been a wild year. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, it's been something that, I, you know, none of us could ever have anticipated. And um, I actually went through having the, uh, the coronavirus uh, back in June, uh, and so did my wife. And thankfully, everything worked out, and we came out on the other end. Uh, wasn't uh, the really bad version uh, that either one of us had to deal with. So that's uh, definitely a blessing. And now we're both uh, vaccinated and, and ready to get out here and, and experience the world again this year. Um, and the the wrestling, WrestleMania, gets to experience fans again as they're going to actually have people there this time in, in Tampa. It won't be in a, a, the empty warehouse or the empty gymnasium like last year. So just right off the bat, that's an improvement, the fact that they're actually going to be uh, performing in front of people. Yeah, I could I could practically smell the event last year of like, <laughs> like being in, in, in the performance center. 
yeah, very musty, uh, very uh, a lot of Bengay, a lot, a lot of bad smells that you, you yeah, definitely you could imagine just how horrible it was. You're on the grandest stage of them all, and it's in an old gym, and yeah, that's uh, that was not ideal for for anybody, that's for sure. But they'll be back in the big stadium, the football stadium in in Tampa, uh, home of the Super Bowl champs, the the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and. Uh, I don't know how many people exactly they're going to have. It's not going to be, you know, a full stadium at all, but it, it's going to be some. And uh, the whole year of, of basically performing in front of nobody, uh, it, it's been so different because wrestling is so predicated on uh, is this working? Well, let's gauge the uh, the audience reaction. Let's see how they're reacting to it. Are they eating us up? Are they uh, sitting on their hands? Are they booing? Uh, and they haven't had any of that this year. So, have you noticed uh, a difference in the booking and in the way WWE has gone about uh, so who they push and how they decide to, to push people? Uh, because there there hasn't been that. Uh, so I think there's some things they've done and some people they've pushed that they wouldn't have done under normal circumstances uh, when they had people to uh, to react to them. It's been all over the place, um, you know, throughout throughout the year. Um, but it seems like at WrestleMania time, it's kind of familiar names, familiar faces again, which is, you know, probably one of the topics of discussion today, which is, you know, there, there's, a, there's been a real problem of creating new stars that are mem- they're memorable outside of the, the, the WWE universe of fan base. No, that's absolutely. I got that written down in my notes, pretty much verbatim. The creating new stars and trying to figure out who to push and, and who to, to hold back. And it, here we go again with the fifty-year-olds and the the near fifty-year-olds uh, in the main event and competing for the titles, which is just uh, I don't think that's a good look myself. Uh, we now bring in Jay, the actual normal co-host. Uh, Jay, you, did you get the chance to see any of, of Raw? Did you just read about it? Uh, how, how caught up are you on the, the yearly soap opera? Uh, I'm not that I'm not as caught up as I normally would be just by watching my one episode of, of Raw every year because I actually don't have live TV this year. Okay. So I, I, I tried it a totally different way, which I was following it on Twitter tonight. So, oh, okay. Yeah, it's doing a little social media uh you know, aspect to it. So it's funny because you, when you brought me into the show and, and I could hear you and Jerry talking about, um, you know, the, the, the lack of stars and the sort of like the state. I, I thought that you just brought me into a recording of last year's show <laughs> and the show and, and the year before that show. And then the year before that show, because it seems like there's a recurring theme, um, which I also was the recurring theme. It seemed like to be uh, in the Twitter responses, which is like, this is the least excited I've been for WrestleMania in a long time. And I was thinking, well, wait a minute, wouldn't that be, a, this is the least excited you've been since last year. <laughs> yeah. And then the year before that, and then the year before that. So, um, that was sort of my, my, my general take from, and I'm assuming that the people who are, are tweeting on, you know, on, on Twitter with the, you know, a hashtag for, for WWE or WrestleMania or for WWE Raw or actual wrestling fans, you know, the, the, that they're the ones that are, you know, if you're going to take the time to actually go on social media and post something about it, you should at least have some interest in what you're talking about. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like it's uh, same old, same old, you know, reshuffle the deck. And uh, like we talk about just about every year. You're probably deeper now into wrestling Twitter than I ever have been because 
uh, as I've talked to you briefly about the way I follow Twitter is maybe different than other people. I only follow a handful of people in, in each right. uh, area that I'm interested in, whether it's uh, in NFL, uh, NBA, baseball, wrestling, uh, you know, other entertainment fields, music and whatnot. Um, and of course, news. Uh, I feel like there's only a few, and, you know, more than a few, I guess, but I, I only want to follow a few people in each field because I don't want to be overwhelmed by following, you know, 20 or 30 uh, NFL writers all tweeting the same Adam Schefter uh, tip and uh, et cetera, et cetera, with every sport. So I'm actually not that familiar with all of wrestling Twitter or the, the you know, the over-encompassing beauty of WWE fans on Twitter, which must really have been a treat for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I was getting the general uh, complaints, and some people, you could tell, like, some people who were just really into it, you know, like, really excited, and they're posting highlights of the show, um, you know, and they thought, as basically, they were just watching the greatest thing ever, but I, I would say that the overall uh, reaction was sort of like, mm, yeah. meh, was, I'd say, the overall reaction. Uh, and what was your reaction to the go home raw, Jerry? Because I know mine was, uh, I, I I remember the previous shows that we've done where we've kind of almost laughed at how uh, crazy some of the things that they were trying to do on the go home raws, and uh, whether it's Undertaker stabbing Brock Lesnar in, in the in the head with a uh, ink pen, uh, things like that, where we're just like, okay, what 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 are they going for? What are they trying to do? And this was definitely more subdued, uh, definitely not as over-the-top as some other go-home Raws, very sort of by-the-numbers and straightforward. And uh, I, I can absolutely understand if, if people think that that's boring or, or low-key, uh, but I actually a little bit appreciated, uh, a little bit of, the, of refreshing how they didn't try to do too much and, and try to oversell and, and make it seem like, uh, the greatest event of all time or something like that. Well, I feel like they haven't, they don't feel they need to hype it up for some reason because it doesn't seem like there was an attempt. And the event has always been a week long, but it seems like it's official now that WrestleMania, they kind of tried it last year that it's officially a two-day event, the actual WrestleMania itself. I have a feeling that's a new thing. Like starting last year, they tried it, and I think they're going forward with it. I think, um, and then they have two Hall of Fame events, one for last year that they couldn't do and one for this year, and there's two NXT uh, shows uh, over two nights, and then there is also, um, of course, the Monday Night Raw and then the last SmackDown, which is literally the night before WrestleMania. So I I think they're just, I I think if we're going to see anything different we might see it on smackdown but i just i just felt like this was a normal raw it just didn't feel like it had anything special yeah um i i agree um i like i said i think that's to me a little bit of okay they, they're not trying to the hard sell they're not trying to maybe it's the pressure is off because it's uh they don't have to worry about wwe network anymore now that it's all all exclusively on peacock uh, they're still selling that and pushing that, but not nearly as hard as we remember the the whole 9.99 and uh, pushing the the network as hard as they did uh, the last few years. Uh, so maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, so yeah, Peacock only, 
for for WrestleMania for all the pay-per-views uh, from this point forward. Um, but of course, that's even more watered down than WWE Network. And when you talk about like the the shows that they've put up on Peacock so far and, and how edited they are, and and you know Peacock, NBC standards and practices had to go in and scrub. You know, it's going to be a year-long process, basically trying to scrub all the uh, conver- uh, co- uh, uh, controversial and uh, sketchy sketches and and things that they don't want their uh, network to be represented by on WWE. Uh, so that's been uh, hilarious to, to to go through some of the things so far that they put up on Peacock, and it's like, oh, they okay, they uh, the ECW. There, uh, the first ECW pay-per-view, for example, they put that up on Peacock. So uh, there's all these vile chants at, at the Dudley boys and, 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 you know, fuck you, Devon, and things like that. Uh, but then later on, there's a Chris Candido promo where he talks about Singapore is a, is a pussy country. I'll, I'll take a New Jersey cane or something like that. And they had to bleep out pussy. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna allow all these other uh, chants and and obscenities and whatnot, but we gotta bleep out Singapore as a pussy country. So I don't know exactly how they're gonna go about scrubbing and and choosing what to to edit and what. There's some things that obviously can never see the light of day on Peacock. Uh, I, I think that's obvious. Uh, but so that that they wrote thing, the check and they, they they wrote the check and they really. Probably didn't look into how you know what they bought. What they bought, um, no, you know no, they they're, basically, no they're, best, they're basically buying fans because you're paying right. the same price and now you're getting NBC's lineup on top of that. It's, uh, that's a great deal, but at the same time they're like, oh my, uh, especially if they get into the Attitude Era in ECW. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I love how they're going to edit the hell out of it. But they're going to leave RoboCop at uh, WCW's pay per view. That that will be left in, I'm sure. Yeah, that's already that's already up there. The, the you're you're probably maybe your favorite pay per view of all time, Jason, just because of the uh, <laughs> this, the the kitsch of the uh, of the RoboCop. There, uh, it, it's up there already. Capital Combat '90: The Return of RoboCop. I, yeah, I, I, I the other night. I think back in the blog days, I had a whole uh, football recap blog that was based around <laughs> the, the return of RoboCop. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, and it's up there in all its glory. They don't have that many WCW pay-per-views yet, but they put that up there. They're like, oh, there's nothing uh, controversial on this piece of garbage. They just put the whole thing up. <laughs> there's nothing to scrub there. So, uh, but, yeah, that that's a, a new thing uh, going on Peacock. Uh, yeah, you're right, Jerry. They just – Peacock, NBC just bought the uh, WWE Network, and he's bought the, the subscribers, and they had no idea what they were getting into. I promise you they had absolutely – no idea. How would you think that you're buying a, a pro wrestling catalog that there's going to be a point where the owner of the uh, of the wrestling league is referring to one of his one of his white performers by the n word? Like, why would you think that that would have ever happened? Because there's no reason to think that. There, there's no, uh, you know, Roger Goodell has never been caught you know, calling one of his players the N-word. or There's no reason to think that something like that would happen, except it's pro wrestling. Uh, so maybe you would think that something crazy like that would happen. But, yeah, the, clearly they had no idea some of the stuff that they were getting into uh, when they bought the catalog. Oh, yeah, so, it was WNBC years ago that bought uh, Howard Stern's contract without actually listening to his show. <laughs> right. So I, I bet <laughs> I'm not that surprised. It's in their history, yeah. Um, 
So yeah, I uh, agree that the uh, the the go home raw was a little underwhelming, uh, but I actually kind of liked that. It was uh, a little refreshing to me. Um, yeah, you mentioned the uh, the two night spectacular last year. They they wore out that hash or that you know that promo tag. Uh, the WrestleMania that's too big for one night, and I guess this year it's too big for one night as well. I, I guess it wasn't uh, just the one year, so. Uh, yeah, I think that probably is going to be something that they uh, go ahead and carry over. And I'm definitely happy for that, Jerry, because the alternative is what they have been doing the last five, six, seven, eight years, which is this absolutely interminable seven or eight hour long Sunday where they got the pre-show and the pre-pre-show and the uh, the two-hour uh, YouTube-only pre-show followed by the actual five-hour show. And it, I, there is no way that anyone should have to sit through an eight-hour wrestling show, uh, even if they had the greatest talent in the world, even if this was back in the 80s with Flair and Bachwinkle and, and Hogan. It, you just put all the stars on – it's still – an eight-hour wrestling show, nobody should have to suffer that. So if the alternative is to split it up into two nights, I'm all for that. I have no problem at all doing that. Yeah, I agree. It's in a, you know, for the announcers that, or the commentary, maybe they can get away with not having to wear dark pants this year because I don't know how they – I'm, 40, I'm 47. There's no way I, – I could hardly sit through the last Avengers movie without having to pee. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what – I have no idea what these guys do. They just must wear dark pants and just go for it. Uh, maybe when they switch off uh, announcers, when they go from Raw to SmackDown, maybe they all get up and, and do a Chinese fire drill and run to the back, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how they do that either. Uh, so, yeah, we got the, the old guys uh, once again. Uh, we had last year, uh, Bill Goldberg was around. He loses in the empty warehouse to Braun Strowman and, Brock Lesnar loses to Drew McIntyre, and now Lesnar's not there this year, but uh, and Goldberg's not there either. But they found another elderly part-timer to get into the world title picture because Edge has a three-way dance with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns for the uh, Universal title. Um, thankfully, Jason, you didn't have to uh, read about that. That this is this would have been a real good year to watch Raw for you because you would have never had to put up with a Roman Reigns promo or lack thereof because Roman Reigns is not on Raw anymore. He's over on SmackDown. So uh, you wouldn't have had to just sit through that. But that's basically the main event of the of the last night is is they, they have Roman Reigns as the champ now, um, and he's going to wrestle a three-way against Daniel Bryan and Edge, who's 47, I think. Um so again, with the with the old guys in the uh, in the part time roles getting into the main event, I I said the same thing when he did it with Goldberg, and I'm saying it now with Edge. That really to me makes your guys that are there look bad. Like you got unbelievably great athletes in their 20s and 30s, not in the main event of WrestleMania. But here's a 47 year old guy, and and not trying to take anything away from Edge, who has done a, an, an incredible job of getting himself in shape and working his way back from all of his uh, injuries, which uh, had him uh, forced him to retire a, a decade ago. Um, and now he's back, and he, and he looks fit, and he's ready to go, and he's hungry, and that's great. But that that just makes sure your product, to me, look really bad. When that guy is in the main event of WrestleMania and you got other much younger guys that can do more things in the ring than Edge uh, sitting on the sideline. I, I just think it's a bad look. 
Yeah, and I'd almost, you know, and I don't know how, how things have changed um, with the perspective that the other guy in this three-way is Daniel Bryan, who, okay, I, I know he, he had a, wasn't it just a few years ago that he was not even wrestling? Yes, he and Ed were both and, basically forced into retirement. Yeah, you know, and so I mean, yeah, I'm not caught up on everything, but you know, I see the, I see this title. I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the card, um, and I see it's you know, Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan, and like uh, Roman Roman Reigns is going to win that, right? Right? I mean, he's the he's like healthy. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> Well, and I look at Edge. I think Edge versus Roman Reigns on paper was their version of, I'm exaggerating, but their version of Hulk versus Rock, old generation versus new. But Edge is no Hulk Hogan. I I like Edge. I appreciate every, all the contributions he's made, but he's no Hulk Hogan. So you're looking at that match, and I'm like, just not doing me. And when I'm looking down the card, and the most excited match I've got is Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, you know, <laughs> And then the, no knocking it. I mean, some of the best matches I've seen, probably one of the top three matches I've ever seen was at an NXT takeover of Bailey versus Sasha Banks. I just watched it again with my wife last night, and she was just like, she forgot how good that match was. And it was built up, great storytelling, and it wasn't even on WrestleMania. Um, so that, when I'm excited about um, the SmackDown Women's Championship match, um don't want to put down the women. They, they've, they've been impressive for the last several years since they've let them get past pulling hair and, and uh, brawn panties matches. And oh, I'm out. <laughs> yep, you just lost season. <laughs> I'm guessing those. I'm gonna guess those are gonna get scrubbed from the Peacock too, right? If you do, what, what's you're not gonna have what's much left. left. Um, <laughs> That's what I mean. God. Well, you know, we're in the me, this me, me Too era, right? I mean, there's, there's so much. I mean, if we're going to go back and scrub, you know, the, the things that we are scrubbing, we, we got to go back and scrub about three decades worth of wrestling, don't we? Yeah, that's kind of the the, the fear that there's you're not going to really be able to put much up on the network if you're going to scrub uh, all the yeah. content that, that you deem uh, questionable and objectionable. You'll only be able um, yeah. to watch it on your your dusty old videotapes, you know, under a blanket. <laughs> Everybody go dust off their VCRs if they still work, and that's the only way you can enjoy the the realness of of ECW and and the Attitude Era. Uh, but yeah, your point, Jerry, is that the lack of building stars, the lack of building uh, guys to go into that main event slot that are young and hungry, uh, and, and but they can do that with the women's slot. I don't know if that's something that because they don't quite care as much about the women's slots that they can go ahead and try uh, Rhea Ripley in one main event and Bianca Belair in another, and they're both in their mid twenties. Um, I, I, unfortunately, I think that's what it is, is that they feel so uh, afraid of trying new guys uh, in the, uh, in the male spots because that's where they think they're, they're, all the money is, and that's where they think uh, all the importance should go, that they're going to go to the old guys because, hey, we at least we know. At least we know who they are. At least we know that they can uh, produce what we want them to produce in the ring, at least, you know, to, to a certain extent. Um, yeah, I think it's just fear of, of not wanting to put a, a new guy up there and have him bomb out. 
Uh, but they don't have that fear with the women's division because I don't think they care quite as much. But as a result, you do have newer talent getting a shot. You do have Bianca Belair, who's an unbelievable athlete, um, and Rhea Ripley on the, on the Raw side. So, yeah, well, I don't know what the plan is. That's that's what I'm kind of getting to with the men's uh, division is what where where are they going? What's the plan? Because it's not going to be John Cena. He's not around anymore. Um, it's, it's not going to be any of these younger guys anytime soon because they don't have any of them positioned to, to be like the next guy uh, with the, with maybe with the exception of, of Matt Riddle. Uh, but even he has his, his off the, uh, off, uh, out of the ring issues as well. So I, I don't know, John, I don't know what the plan is. I don't know uh, what they're trying to do going forward. Yeah. I'm looking, you know, looking at over the card, like even the, the, even the Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, which we've seen before, but now he's kind of the Friday the 13th part six, Jason. And uh, what I worry about is, I don't know what you guys thought about. I, I mean, when I saw WrestleMania where last year, where they did like a, a couple of matches that were, this will be new for Jason, but they were cinematic. Yeah. And um, there, uh, it's an idea they definitely got from Matt Hardy with the, with the broken Matt Hardy gimmick and everything. But, um, you know, they were entertaining for that, but it was very hard to watch as, like, being taken seriously. Um, and I'm worried they're going to do this with the Randy Orton Fiend match. That they, we're gonna, I mean, they haven't announced anything special, but I worry they're going to do something, you know, I don't know. It gets a little – I've always been that way with The Undertaker. I love The Undertaker, but, like, when he's having the lightning get struck, I'm like, oh, I've always been kind of, like, a little, little cringy, a little cringy. That'll certainly take you out of the uh, the mindset of of trying to believe and trying to go along with everything like it's like it's based in reality. That'll take you right out. Yeah, last year Jason they had the the empty warehouse, so they were able to uh, have some matches where they they weren't live. They they basically filmed them like they were movies, so they were able to yeah. cut and edit and uh, but. They, they took that too far because that, that edge Randy Orton match wound up being guy like 45 minutes once they were through uh, cutting and editing and, do, and doing all the things where, you know, instead of just in the middle of a, of a wrestling match and the normal things that happens, now you have, you know, two and three minute sequences where the guy's stalking the other guy and now I'm going to get you. And it's looking like, uh, you know, Halloween Friday the 13th type thing. And yeah, that, that's not, uh, they can do that. Maybe, once or twice, uh, but every if it's going to be every WrestleMania where they have a cinematic match, I don't I don't think that's going to go over very well when they finally get to, to have pe- you know people back in the audience like they are this year. Yeah, I was gonna say because my understanding, and I just obviously found out about that today, is that yeah there are going to be fans, so they're not going to be wrestling in an empty warehouse or in front of video monitors. Right. So. I think that changes it some, you know, and I think that maybe adds back a, even even to what would be looked at as I'm looking at this card, and I'm like, skip, what do I, there's nothing I would need to see in one night, much less two. Um, <laughs> just looking at it, because like I, like I said, it's basically just the same names, just, you know, let, let's just pinball all these guys around and see who's going to fight. And then I, I scroll down to the end of day one, and I see it's going to the, the, the Shane McMahon gets a match. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Cage, so it's going to be a big bump, and Braun Strowman's going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. He'll throw him off the top of the cage through a table. and 
and not, nothing to see yeah. there. Uh, <laughs> but you know, as long as you don't slap your damn leg, we're going to be okay. <laughs> Everything is fine. No, nope. as long as you don't slap. No leg, leg slapping. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think though having the element of fans back will will help these guys. It's got to. And there's a couple of things that they did, Jason, in the build-up this year to uh, the the some of these matches that they I don't think they could have possibly done if they if they had fans there the entire time. One thing is definitely that they uh, uh, you probably could tell by the the match uh, when you see it on paper, you know, Edge and uh, Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, but Roman Reigns is the bad guy now. They turned him they turned him heel finally. Oh, um, which, wait a minute. We've only been saying that on this show for five yes, years. Yes, exactly. So many people wanted to finally see, you know, the badass Roman Reigns come out. So they could not – I don't think they could have possibly done that in front of fans because everyone would be cheering him now because he's the badass. That's what they wanted to see. They were booing him. They, they weren't booing him because they didn't like him. <laughs> right. They were booing him because he was getting shoved down everyone's fucking throats as a good guy, and nobody was right. buying that shit. Uh, so they you finally know, were able to do interesting that. To see how things play out after this is, are they going to are, are they dipping their toe in the water with a live crowd to see uh, the wrestlers? I believe are all kind of like their. I think they're all at their minimum guarantees because there's no live events um, mm-hmm. unless they're doing side jobs and movies and stuff. They they're just uh, you know there's no there's no gate gate attendance that they're getting paid from for the last year. They're basically, I mean, uh, I don't know if Jason's aware, but earlier this year when they started the Thunderdome, which you saw tonight where it's a bunch of monitors, um, they rented, I think, a, uh, they, they rented an arena for three months. And they got a great deal because who else is going to use the arena for three months? And they based, the wrestlers didn't have to travel. So another thing for this year and next year is if they start traveling again, some of these wrestlers have gotten kind of spoiled where they didn't have to travel as much. And it'll be interesting to see how this plays out with some, because some of them get burnt out with travel and to go from no travel to you're back. What? Um, what? 46 weeks a year. I mean, they're, 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 they're right. gone all over so the country, much. sometimes out of the country. It'll be interesting to see the long-term effect of going back to normal slowly is um, that travel that, uh, that is brutal on the wrestlers. Now this might also re-energize them. It could go the other way for some where they're ready to go and they're full of energy and they can't wait to get back to this. Uh, but some of them might realize, like Brock Lesnar did years ago, is this travel thing isn't my gig. Right. You get enough money, we go, I don't need this shit. The hell with yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and for a while there, he just seemed to be very selective about when he would even show up. Like, they would just wheel him out around the big times, it seemed like. So, you know, the... He was just became like an event wrestler, basically. Exactly. Everyone else is yeah, going around. Yeah, now is, yeah, do we have anybody currently on the roster that is considered like the special event person? They, I think maybe Shane McMahon. That's about it. I don't know if we have anybody else on the roster that they wheel out a couple times a year. Undertaker's done. Um, nothing with John Cena being that person now. Um, I don't know. It, it, that, that is another one where there were these special attractions that would come out every, you know, a few times a year. And that is kind of even starting to go to the wayside. 
I think that is something that they have to uh, let go for for the time being because of the travel restrictions and because they don't want uh, too many coronavirus risks. They don't want to bring too many outside people in. Um, but yeah, Ed, I think Edge is the guy right now serving that role. I don't know how long he wants to do that or be that guy. Um, I have a feeling he's winning the damn title, uh, so he's going to be around for a little longer. I think they want that feel-good story to keep going. Um, but yeah, I think that's what they're they're basically going with is uh, you know they they don't have Undertaker anymore, but that's just that just stopped. Like they had him last year again for the, uh, for a cinematic deal. Um, and it was, uh, against AJ Styles. And then that was, uh, again, all those cinematic movies are a little hard to watch because again, your, your realism is, you know, it's already being strained because you're watching professional wrestling. Um, and then you, you had the cinematic part to it. And it's like, basically you're watching Friday the 13th. And then I don't know how many people can really get into that. Um, I see a familiar number come up on the uh, caller ID, so we're going to have a guest call in. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Welcome into our WrestleMania preview. Oh, I'm just listening, my man. How's it going? <laughs> Hi, it's uh, it's my my uncle Dwayne, my my father figure, my my favorite guy. Uh, yeah, if you have a comment or anything, you can absolutely uh, let let me know. But if you're just listening in, I can definitely put you back on mute. No, actually, this is pretty cool. I didn't know you were covering WrestleMania. I'm a little excited, like you say, from uh, because of the fact that with the pandemic, things were so different last year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what's going on. Plus, with uh, the WWE Network pushing everything over to uh, Peacock, I want to see how that works. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to talk about that on the air. But at any rate, um, oh, yeah, just we met you. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, it's Kind of, kind of weird, but I'm seeing how that goes. But anyway, just wanted to show my support. And I happened to see you were discussing the WWE. You know I had to check into that. And I'm sitting here in Vegas right now about to hit the casino, but I'm like, let me call in and check out my man. All right. Hey, uh, throw down some, some blackjack bets for me. I appreciate the support, and uh, always good, to, good to, to hear from you. Always, my dude, always. Love you. All right. Love you, Uck. Put you back on mute. Yeah, he's, he's uh, definitely know he was out in Vegas. I saw him uh, posting about that, and he, he's getting his blackjack therapy in. So, um, hope to join him sometime in the in the near future. Maybe uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. But uh, yeah, uh, where was I going on this? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the 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 cinematic matches, and, and we were talking about the uh, who's around. That that's sort of the special attraction now. I think really Edge is is the only guy playing that role. Maybe there'll be more guys, uh, you know, next year once the uh, travel restrictions are, are lightened up a little bit. Uh, they're bringing in Hulk Hogan to be a host. He can't wrestle anymore because his back is completely shot. I'm sure if he could, they would do that. And I'm sure if The Rock was available, that they would have him every year in some capacity. Um, but, it, you know, he's got such a busy schedule actually being a successful actor. And I still think, Jerry, uh, that – that's probably the one match that they're holding on to that they really want to do is the, uh, when you talk about old versus new generation, I, I think they really want to do Roman Reigns and, and the rock uh, coming in to sort of teach his cousin a lesson someday. I, I still think they're, they're going to do that down the road. Oh, I agree that that could be a year or two away. The rock's not dumb either. I mean, he, uh, I mean, just looking at, you know, 
I don't know if you've watched The Young Rock. I think that's entertaining. He's got uh, various products of uh, alcohol. He's got uh, the Zoa Energy Drink. He's got a lot going on, and he's very. So, and he, he he now is an owner of the XFL. Him and his him and his uh, business partner uh, Danny Garcia, very successful. And um, you know he's no dummy that to he, he, he you know wait for the opportunity. But in a year or two, they could sell out. Um, Texas Stadium again, which I think they're back next year, back to the back to the, the AT&T Stadium. Um, that would be a huge payday, and it would it would definitely um, christen Roman Reigns. It'll be interesting to see how that goes down because it'll be almost impossible to make The Rock a heel. Hmm, you, you think so? I don't this know. is the XFL. Hopefully it would be different than, than Vince McMahon's version. No no cameras in the locker room or anything like that. Um, I, I don't know. I think uh, Rock is such a uh, – the, the fact of him dropping in, and John Cena referred to that in some of their promos, that I think there would be some uh, booing. I think there would be a, a little bit of a split for for that match. But I think the only way to get there – is to have Reigns starting out as the heel, I think, to to try to bring Rock in uh, when when they were still trying to force Reigns as the babyface. I think that would have been way too too awkward. But I think this is the right road is to have uh, Reigns try to be the, the tribal chief and Rock eventually come in and, and try to set him straight. I may have misspoke. I, I meant to say the Rock. It'd be impossible to make him a heel. I, I may have said Roman Reigns, but. Uh, when they tried to kind of do the handoff at the Royal Rumble a year, a couple of years ago, where The Rock showed up at the end and raised his hand, and the crowd just re- it was almost trying to give a rub, and the crowd just rejected it. And I, I, I it'll be, it, it would have to be the same. Uh, it'd be, it'd be impossible to to have The Rock uh, be a heel and have people cheer for Reigns. They'll try, but the Hulk Hogan Rock situation was different because. The crowd did flip at the end, and I just don't know if that's going to happen. Ever. Yeah, that was, was yeah that that was a once in a lifetime thing where the uh, everyone is so heavy for for Hogan because it's Toronto and and that's a, a big that was a big spot for him and uh, they they turned on Rock early on but yeah they were able to uh, I think that's just two master uh, wrestlers and, and feeling the 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 crowd out and, and making that switch. I don't even think uh, the Hall and Nash were supposed to run out and attack Hogan at the end of that, but I think that was sort of an, an audible uh, because they could uh, feel that moment uh, that they need to go out and make the make sure that this happens where we give Rock a chance to be the hero and give Hogan a chance to sort of pass the torch to, to, to Rock, uh, and they were able to pull that off. Uh, but, yeah, that's definitely something, Jason, that they I don't think they could have done would uh, would fans in the crowd has turned Roman Reigns heel because I think fans would have would have definitely cheered for that. And two, we uh, you mentioned the the Shane McMahon thing and the way they set that match up. You're Jason. You are so lucky you didn't have to witness the way they decided to set that up. Basically, they had a segment where Shane McMahon came out and stalled and hemmed and hawed for uh, an extended segment like for like five minutes where he was just trying to he was acting like he was trying to find the words to tell Braun Strowman. And in the end, he just said, Braun, I, I just think you're stupid. And that's it. That's how the feud began. And it's like, what? <laughs> okay. 
what are we doing? Uh, that that was that would have been so awful in front of a live crowd. They would have booed that to death, and WWE unfortunately would have taken that and and tried to paint it as if they hate Shane McMahon so much that that's why they were booing and trying to put trying to put the heat on Shane. And in reality, it's just no. The the segment just sucked, and the the whole premise of the feud just sucks, and it it still sucks, but it's in front of. Uh, uh, nobody. So there's no risk. You you can do something like that, but they couldn't have done that in front of live people. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta try to keep something that's basically the same thing over and over and over again creative, right? You're, you're trying to basically sell the same premise every year, but thirty thirty seven times now. Premise of WrestleMania. And this, like we talk about, this reshuffling of the deck, you're gonna you're gonna have some clunkers. Yeah, but everything Shane McMahon does is a clunker. He's, he he shouldn't be in there. He just should not be in the ring. Uh, and, and he wouldn't if he wasn't a McMahon. But that's that's a whole another story. Correct. Well, the old man uh, would be wrestling if he could. Jesus. Oh, you know he would. Oh, if, if Vince could strut out there and and play no chance in hell, he would. Be right there at the top of the card. That's that, that's for that's for damn sure. Uh, you know, and going and, to Vince, you know, with his age and everything, I, I also look at the whole sale to Peacock, and I'm wondering, like, is this company for sale mm. in the next within the next five years? Um, are we are we gonna you know this thing is a money maker to where whoever take I mean they're not gonna just stop things. I guess it could go one of two ways. If, so, you know, if there's a buyer and they they decide to go in a different direction, it could be good for all of us. It could go the other way. I guess you just don't know. But it, it's something I've been reading about and starting to think about um, reading some of the shareholder information. I know there's a class action lawsuit. Uh, I, I own a, a whopping two shares right now of WWE stock. And there is a class action lawsuit right now uh, that they're that they're involved with with uh, overstating their earnings. Mm-mm. That's that's a no no. That's that's no good. Well, as long as they if don't they sell to Disney, just don't sell to Disney. Oh, then everything gets wiped. Because Disney buys everything now. That, that's true. Uh, but if they if they bought WWE, you'd never have anything left. On the network. Well, just imagine the shameless cross promotions that you could have. If, if, if you know, uh, if they have a musical number, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> but Sasha Banks could be a Disney princess, princess all day, every day, as far as uh, I'm concerned. Hey, she's already on a Disney show, so mm-hmm. you know, there you go. it's perfect. And, and Intercontinental Champion Mickey Mouse, I can see it now. And they won't, and they can do the simulcast, or they could do like the simulcast thing, like the NFL did with Nickelodeon, right? Where you could have the, oh jeez, you know the, <laughs> the 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 slime effects, Damn. you know. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it, it's all coming true in in my head right now, and I, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to think it's, about that. If it's, yeah, four or five years down the road when we're doing this show, and Disney owns the WWE, and, and we have uh, you know like the Disney Princess match. Just watch out. <laughs> you called it. You're on record. Uh, my uncle texted yeah, me I to uh, chime in. The biggest to... stinker of the the stinker of the whole thing is I almost feel bad for the Miz. They kind of said we're going to let you have the title for a couple of days, and then we're going to strip it front. We're going to have you lose, right? And we're going to have you get blown out, and then we're going to mess, 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 uh, mix you up with Bad Bunny. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, the uh, very odd booking to to have uh, Bobby Lashley help help out the Miz and help him uh, win the title from Drew McIntyre. Uh, so the, uh, the the whole money in the bank cashing in thing that you uh, definitely nailed uh, several years ago, Jason, with, yes. with Seth Rollins. That's not an option this year because Miz already cashed in money in the bank to beat Drew McIntyre a couple months ago. But then he had Bobby Lashley beat up Drew McIntyre to help him do that, right? But to do that, he promised Bobby Lashley a title shot uh, in exchange for that help. So then, like, the next week or two weeks later, Bobby Lashley got his title shot against the Miz and beat the piss out of him and won the title. (laughs) And so that's, that was odd to, to have Lashley do that. And you know what? To beat up the Miz like that in a dominating fashion where you're not cheating at all and win the title, that should have made Bobby Lashley a baby face. But since it's all a setup for Drew McIntyre to come back and be the conquering hero and win the title at WrestleMania uh, like he did last year, they had to find a way to turn Bobby Lashley back heel again. Uh, so they had him set up where he's got a bounty on Drew McIntyre's head and he's playing a, a coward heel and he's backing away and running away. But at the same time, he's beating up his own teammates and he broke up his own uh, posse uh, because they didn't get the job done uh, trying to beat up McIntyre before. So it's all sort of convoluted to try to make it a, a straight baby face heel dynamic by the time you get to WrestleMania. But it's really not because there's kind of no reason to boo Bobby Lashley. He's just a, a walking badass, right? Uh so I think Lashley would have uh, had uh, more than a few cheers uh, for this match and for this entire feud if this was taking place. And that's another thing taking place in front of people that would have been different. That um, I think Lashley, uh, I don't, I don't think he would have been completely the babyface with 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 Drew McIntyre being the heel. But there's definitely some elements of hey McIntyre, you're, you're doing a lot of whining and complaining. Just kind of you know, uh, you can shut up for a while. And Lashley just kind of doing what he does. Uh, like I said, I don't think there's any reason really to boo him because he's he's just a big muscle bound badass who beats up everybody. Yeah, I personally like Bobby Lashley and MVP with him. Their stable was was decent. Um, it was weird that they broke it up. Usually, you'd think they'd break it up after he lost the title, where he'd blame them and and they would it would uh, you know could could change the dynamic of things. But um, you know, I can't tell if they're just keeping us guessing or if they really are just shuffling the deck constantly the last few weeks. It's hard to it's hard to tell what they're what they're what's really again, like you had said earlier, there's there's no crowd. So they're just kind of going with it. Yeah, they're kind of throwing everything up in the air and, and seeing what sticks. So do you exp- so they're doing this over two nights. Are they doing this two nights live? Is this going to be both yes. nights? Okay, so, wow. Um, you know, you, you have to wonder, you know, with people not having anything really live and in person now, like this is the first live WrestleMania, what, in two years now, and a lot of, you've had a virtually a whole year without any fans. Like, do, do you expect this crowd to be jacked? Do you expect this crowd to be hostile? I'd expect them to be jacked. I expect them to be, because think about the true diehards, uh, that get a chance to come into WrestleMania after a year of not being able to get in there. These yeah. are probably going to be the people that love everything WWE puts out. They're not going to have much resistance to uh, when WWE presents something that they want you to cheer, like the the Bad Bunny thing. I think uh, Bad Bunny in front of 
a, a whole house of hardcore fans would get a lot of booze because he's an outsider coming. He's a rapper. He's not a wrestler. He's some guy walking in off the street that's got, you know, platinum albums and whatnot, but uh, he's, he's no actual wrestler. Uh, so he would get a fair amount of backlash. But these guys um, that are paying to get into WrestleMania, they've got the, they've got the, the money to do that. Because you're not going to have people walking in for you know fifteen twenty dollars off the street. This is going to be something where either you got you know hundreds of dollars to get in there, or you can't get in because there's a, a limited amount of people that they're they're going to be letting in. It's not going to be the uh, Raymond right. James Stadium. Um, so these are the uh, you know the hardcores. They've got the disposable income. It's pretty. They're pretty much going to go for you know ninety five percent of whatever WWE does, whichever direction WWE wants to to lead them by the nose, they're going to go for that. Um, and yeah, so I think they're going to be excited. I think they're going to be uh, they're going to give the W. They're going to s- sort of follow the cues that WWE gives them, and they're going to they're going to go with whatever WWE uh, wants them to go for. There's going to be things that Bad Money does against the Miz that you're supposed to cheer. You can you know, you can tell the moments that Miz acts like a, a coward and a chicken shit, and Bad Bunny stands up like he's a tough guy that you're supposed to go, oh yeah, Bad Bunny, he's the man. And I think uh, in front of most crowds they would be like, no, we're not buying this. This is BS. Uh, <laughs> but in front in front of these people they're gonna be like, uh, yeah, Bad Bunny, go Bad Bunny, yeah. All right. You know it, it's interesting because they're in an open stadium with only a fraction of the crowd. And the sound would travel up. I hope they they try to find a way to mic the crowd um, to get that sound because open stadiums already have that struggle where you don't get the it, it doesn't the sound doesn't carry because just, there's just there's no dome so it doesn't doesn't go anywhere. But so you got a, a smaller crowd on top of this. Uh, I'm I'm assuming that they're going to put them all on the hard side camera. Would you say? Yeah, if not all, then probably, yeah, 80% of them, yeah. They're going to do yeah, the they world-class wanna... wrestling at Texas Stadium where they only <laughs> fill, like, one part of the horseshoe. But, uh, <clears throat> but if they're, I mean, for all the technology they've done, if they can find a way to mic the crowd uh, where it doesn't seem too too crazy, I think it would really help the event. Uh, I, Jerry, I think that they're 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 over the Rubicon. They've had a whole year being able to to put whatever sound effects they want, uh, which they've done before. We know, uh, but now there's no backlash. There's no reason to try to pretend like they are doing anything else. So yeah, I think they're just gonna make it harder than to sound. Unfortunately, yeah, there's other they can pump in crowd noise. It's not like this is you know sports and you're gonna get in trouble for that. No, they're they're, they're going to make it sound exactly. Uh, the, the Bad Bunny's going to have no nobody booing him. There's going to be zero boos for Bad Bunny. There's going to be zero boos for Drew McIntyre. There's going to be zero cheers for Bobby Lashley. They're going to do it exactly how they they want to do it because uh, they they've got that uh, advantage now that they well we didn't have any people so we had to juice the sound and make it sound the way we want to and. I think from this, I, don't, I think from this point forward, they're going to basically sweeten all their sound if they haven't been doing it already, uh, because there's no reason not to now. They they got away with it for a year because they had the excuse of well, there's no people, we got to make it sound good. And now that there's going to be people, I think they're going to make it sound the way they want it to sound anyway. You know, to an extent, 
Like if you go to Philadelphia with this crap, like you were talking about with the rock and, and Roman reigns, uh, trying to give them the rub. They, they did that in the wrong damn city. They did that in Philly and Philly crapped all over them. So it's going to be, uh, you, you can't make that sound good. You know, you can't have everyone clearly booing and throwing trash in the ring and then uh, have it where it sounds like everyone's cheering. Them. You, you can't do that. But I think they're going to do uh, something as, as close to that as possible when it's, you know, ambivalent like it's going to be on Sunday. It's just people, just a bunch of people that are happy to be there. They're, they're going to make them sound however they want them to sound. So is yeah, this those fans be... are going to be just happy that they have a seat at the table. Mm-hmm. Is this going to be two, like, three-hour cards or – Two hours yeah, or three, three or four, yeah, yeah, about okay. three and a half hours each uh, each night, yeah, something like that. So have they eliminated the? So by doing this over two nights, and you know, and are they eliminating what what used to be the sort of the prelim matches that would um, run up to some the, the prelim matches are going to be some of the prelim matches are going to be on SmackDown. DeAndre the Giant Battle Royal is going to be on SmackDown. Oh, so they're okay. almost treating SmackDown as the go home. Ah, that's the pre, that's one the thing I've noticed. Yeah, and and that's great. I can remember on a few of the shows in years past that that, that both you and and Jerry were were like more excited about the run up matches to WrestleMania than you were about the actual WrestleMania card. So I was curious if they have sort of incorporated a lot more of that because they're spreading it out over two nights, or you know what they were doing with that. So that sort of answers the question that they're. Uh, putting some of that now on on, on SmackDown. Well, don't they tape SmackDown the same night as Raw? Uh, no, but not anymore. Cause they don't do that. No, they're, that live they're two now? separate live events. Yeah. Okay. SmackDown's the one on on Fox. That's the network show. Right. So they they definitely do that live and and okay. and let them uh, get get the big show for themselves because that's the that's the big network show now. So. Uh, but yeah, it's still a situation where they're getting as it, pretty much as much of the roster as possible involved in WrestleMania in in some way, shape, or form, just so that everyone can have a WrestleMania payday, which is completely fine. I understand that, but like I said, it re- when they when they were trying to put it all on one day, it resulted in basically an eight or nine hour day of wrestling, and that yes. is just nobody should have to sit through that. Even wrestling, long-time, lifelong wrestling fans like me and Jerry don't want to sit through that, for the love of God. So, yeah, thankfully they're they're spreading it out and making sure that... And, and doing it with NXT makes even more sense because there's, I think Jerry would agree with me, there's more uh, wrestling talent, there's better wrestlers in general in NXT. So to make their show always one night and only four or five matches they would always leave a whole lot of talent sitting off to the side. And to now make that two nights as well is, is actually, to me, even better because there's a lot of people that are going to be performing on NXT night one and night two that you really want to see their matches because they're, they're really, uh, if, if WWE was doing things the way they should be, these really are the guys that are going to be moving up and, and being at the top of the card in you know the next five or 10 years. But it just seems like they don't want to – they take so many of those guys from NXT, Jerry, and they promote them and call them up, and almost instantly they lose whatever special uh, ability that they had in NXT. Uh, it, it's, there's so many. The list is so long. Keith Lee doesn't seem special anymore. Aleister Black didn't seem special once they brought him up anymore. Ricochet completely lost what he had. Bobby Roode lost whatever little bit that he had. Uh, Andrade, he's fired now. He's not fired. He quit. But uh, 
there's so many guys that when they finally get the call up from NXT, they it's like they forget what made them good in NXT, and then they turn it up. Yeah, with Andrade, I thought I just mentioned, you know, being I don't know if he's engaged to or married to Charlotte Flair, but um, boy, the comments he's making, I mean, he is digging a hole for a significant other. I mean, comments about um, apparently some, somebody in the, in the dressing room was taking pictures of her while she was changing, comments about she was pulled from WrestleMania because there was a pregnancy scare, all this stuff that I can bet you WWE didn't want anybody to know about that, and he's just th- lobbing grenades. And it's like, you know, your, your wife still works there, right? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> it's crazy. But that might be the one person that can have their, their husband uh, spilling all the tea and, and, and talking all the crap because it's Ric Flair's daughter. You're, you're not going to really do anything to her because if they get rid of her or have a problem with her, she's going to turn around and really tell all the secrets. She really knows where all the, bo- bo- all the bodies are buried. Yeah, and AEW is a very good product, and they would just be chomping at the bit. They'd be all over that, no no question. Um, yeah, there's another really strange feud that we talked on uh, a little bit earlier with the, the whole Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton thing. Now, Jason, this is definitely right up your alley when you talk about kitschy and, and really out there and outlandish. Um, they uh, they had a feud already that was uh, a little weird where Bray Wyatt is this character, the Fiend, and you, you can't beat the Fiend when he's uh, when he turns into the Fiend, he's untouchable. It's almost you know uh, almost like the Undertaker with his magical spirits. A little bit of that going on, right? So Randy Orton found a way to to beat the Fiend uh, several months ago. He took a can of gasoline and set him on fire. He literally set the body on fire. Again, this is not in front of people, so you can have the deal where you pull off a stunt where it's clear that they had him roll out the ring and, and roll in the dummy and, and, and had them uh, set that on fire. And it's very, you know, very it's a hell obvious. of a finisher. That's a hell of a finisher. <laughs> it's an all-time finisher. You can't get up from that, right? <laughs> but instead of so, – That's right. It's not the RKO anymore. He just immolates people. Exactly. You can't touch that. But instead of ending the feud there, the fiend is now back, and he's just got wow. a crispy burnt mask and an outfit. And he just, he came back from hell or wherever, and now he's he's just he, he's really indestructible. Now you thought he was indestructible before. He is really indestructible. And so is, is he the good guy? He rose from the the guy trying to burn him. So that I guess that makes him the. The good guy. Oh, by the way, he's got uh, Alexa Bliss as his uh, sort of accomplice or girlfriend or whatever. And how did that happen? Uh, He assaulted her. He stuck his fingers down her throat. And for some reason, she slowly turned to his side because she couldn't resist the allure or something like that. So basically, he he assaulted the woman and she became his his girlfriend or something. The whole thing is yuck. and, And it just... Every time I see the fiend, I just my stomach turns. Like I don't want anything. Oh, and at one point to, she to was do a, with that at one guy. point she was a ghost. She was a ghost. <laughs> it, 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 it was it was just as bad as watching Marlena on Days of Our Lives be possessed by the devil. I swear to God, it's just like, are we really going there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so that's uh, that's Alexa a match. Talented, super talented. Yeah. And to have it where, like, okay, this is where we're going to go with this. And Randy Orton, it's like, you know, he's going along with this. just being like, I better get a big payday for this. Right. Uh, he's just like, just I'm, I'm getting paid. It doesn't seem like his cup care. of tea. Yeah. 
Yeah, Alexa, poor girl, she can't uh, uh, wrestle for more than a month or two without getting concussed. So I understand that they got to, you know, be careful with her and, and maybe uh, keep her out of the ring. But this this whole thing is just uh, so. I, this might be uh, indeed the uh, the cinematic match because what do you do? Where do you go? For, I guess this is what the allure is to that match: is the guy got burned alive and he's back. What now? What's next? What does he do to Randy Orton? Peacock's fine just, with that. <laughs> I, I guess I don't. I don't know. Um, as long as he doesn't doesn't call her a pussy or, or something, you know, that's that's it. That's the magic place that we got to uh, edit things out. But everything else is fine. Um, like, so what's going to happen at WrestleMania now that the guys come back from being burned alive? What's he going to do to Randy Orton? He's going to chop his head off. What what the, what can you do? What what's, <laughs> Yo, what's why the next are you step? giving them ideas? What are oh, you doing? I, I'm I'm sorry. I, I, if I go to an, if I go to a live event this year and there's a floating head in the ring, I'm out. I'm out. I'm going to Chuck E. Cheese and it's over. Or or just AEW, just exclusively AEW or, or something. I don't know. Well, you know that's another point though. Is you know one of the biggest things being talked about right now. It's WrestleMania week. Is Chris Jericho going to be on the Broken Skull podcast? Yeah. I mean, um, that's like your big talking thing, and and. Everybody's like, I can't believe Vince approved that. I'm like, well, yeah, it's going to get people to listen. And also, I'm sure Chris is going to – I'm sure he's going to have some things he can't say. And it's it's going to get ears. I, I think it's actually on Peacock, and I think it's also on a podcast. So it, it'll be – I guess it is what it is. Well, it's it's Jericho. So it's the the one guy I think that that's in AEW now that I think Vince McMahon trust won't go on Steve Austin's show and completely bury WWE, right? Like there's about the only guy that he could have come on there because he knows uh, how uh, appreciative Jericho is for the career that he had in WWE while being that, that risk taker guy that went to AEW. Uh, so I think that's the only uh, guy that Vince would trust to do something like that. Um, I think everyone else, you know, when you talk about Big Show or Christian or Cody, I think they all have so many access to Barry with WWE that there's no way Mr. Man would allow that. I think Jericho's the only one that uh, he will let do something like that. I think that's just a matter of trusting the uh, the guy that he knows that he knows Jericho will go right up to the line, but he but Jericho knows not to go over the line and, and, and bury WWE. Yeah, there'll be some uh, under the radar, whatnot, some under the radar, little little uh, tongue in cheek um, to keep people like us happy, and that's that's about as far as it'll go. Yeah, that's. I'm not even. Uh, I, pr- I probably won't even listen to that because I know that Jericho won't go over the line, and he won't really go uh, where a lot of us want him to go, and, and really just you know tell all the secrets about W. Like Moxley will never be on. Uh, Steve Austin show or, or any WWE programming because they know better. Well, yeah, after after what CM Punk did, he's blew up the internet when he when he had his show uh, with his buddy, his his former buddy's uh, podcast, um, right. and that ended up into a lawsuit. It was it was mm-hmm. so so bad. Yeah, so they 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 know the guys that they can trust in in that respect, and they know who who not to trust. Um, 
So we talked briefly about both women's title matches that uh, are setups for the younger ladies to take over and win their, their first titles, not counting NXT because Rhea Ripley won the NXT uh, title. Uh, but I think Rhea Ripley is, uh, uh, I don't know if you think different, Jerry, I think Rhea Ripley's going to knock off Asuka for the Raw title uh, after uh, Rhea had the job to, to Charlotte last year for uh, for the NXT title. I think they're going to give Ripley the, uh, the, the Raw title and have her sort of start taking off. And I think Bianca Belair is going to beat uh, Sasha Banks uh, for the SmackDown title and, and, and start her, uh, her ascent. It's tough. I, I don't know if they'll flip both of them, but it, that does make perfect sense. But is there a way that one of them could lose and still come out when, when like when Stone Cold uh, lost to Bret Hart and all of a sudden, pop, I mean, they did a double turn there and everything, but the idea that his popularity went through the roof when his toughness, he fell a little short. I think one of them could lose, but if they put on a hell of a match, you know the crowd they're going to have, even if they lost, they could, you know, it, it, would, it, would, it would, I don't think it would hurt them. Right, they're definitely going to give them a, a standing O or whatever at the end uh, either way. Um, I, I think that's possible with Bianca uh, because she's still so young that they don't uh, – I mean, they're both young, but uh, Bianca, I think they could have Sasha Banks go over and, and, and they can go you know, 15, 20 minutes and actually uh, show what athletically Bianca is capable of while still keeping a belt on Sasha Banks. I just don't think they will because they've shown no – inclination in the past to respect Sasha Banks and keep the title on her. Doesn't she lose the title like every single time she wins it? She's like a lifetime champion in the first four title range. She lost the very first defense. So I, that's why I think it's perfect to set up for Bianca to beat her because they, they have no problem beating Sasha. I think they've proven that in the past. Yeah. I, and she puts on, you know, it's like, it's no different than Ric Flair. I mean, he'll talk about being a 16 time champion. He, he lost 16 times, but, <laughs> yes, exactly. uh, you know, he, you know, and I'm not knocking Ric Flair. He's my favorite, but with Sasha, um, I, I, I love her as a heel. Um, I've watched, uh, I've watched her from the beginning and to see her come to where she is. And, you know, part of me has always been hoping that they could do a redo of, Bailey and her, but they just never seemed to get around to it. And when they did have some heat, they kind of was in Survivor Series mode and it, uh, around October, November, and it was like, eh, they're not going to do it because they usually would set that up around Royal Rumble or after. And now, you know, there's what one more pay per view after Royal Rumble, so or there's two more pay per views after Royal Rumble now. And um, yeah, yeah. You, you almost have to get things started at Elimination Chamber or Fast Lane to to get there now, but. Um, yeah, it, it is, uh, um, you know, Sasha Banks is, you know, I, and then I guess the little bit of a chauvinist in me, the little bit that's left, I, I worry about them getting hurt. Because when you see them go, full go versus what they used to do, uh, the, 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 the divas back in the day, you know, now yeah. you see some of the stuff they do, and I, it, I, it stops my heart because I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm being chauvinistic because I don't care if these guys get hurt, but like if one <laughs> of these girls get hurt. <laughs> I get all I get all bent out of shape. I'm like, you know, that's not very fair, Jerry. You need to back. You need to, you know. But um, there's some stuff that Sasha's done where I'm like, she had to have hurt herself. Um, and and Bianca is a hell of a talent. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of trust there. And um, 
I think they're going to put, I think they're going to put on a damn clinic and I'm super, I hope they give them, I don't think they're going to give them 30 minutes, but I hope they give them 30 minutes. Yeah, they're probably not giving them 30, but they're they're going to get uh, more than the, a normal SmackDown. They're, they're going to get more than the 10. They're going to get 15 or 20, I think. Um, yeah, I, I have a lot of confidence they're going to put on a real good match, too, because Sasha's done it all. She's uh, got all the experience, and whatever Bianca doesn't have an experience, she's just got such uh, natural athleticism. Like, she just wakes up, and she's um, a, a world-class uh, tr- uh, track and field athlete. She won uh, – you know, championships at uh, Tennessee. Um, she's she, she's no slouch at all. She's about as good as it gets uh, as far as uh, female athletes go. So um, I think they've built her up, uh, you know, very nicely. They 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 haven't gone too far, but now they've got her in the right spot to to put her uh, right over the top. And and I think they're I think they're going to do it. But I can see where they. Uh, give it a little bit more and, and, and let it seem like, oh, she's a young gun and she's this close, but she just couldn't come, couldn't come through her first title shot. Uh, but, but she's right there and, and she's going to, you know, be the person that's, that, that you look forward to in the future. And I don't know why it's so difficult for the, for, to do that with, with the men. It's, it should not be that hard to take any one of those guys that I just mentioned that were so great in NXT or even someone that wasn't in NXT um, and just build them up like that. Just have them beat the veterans and build themselves. So it's, it's what they did all the all these years past in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. I don't know why they can't do that now. It just seems like they, they try to build someone and they quit and they say, oh, he's no good, Let's throw him away and, and call one of these 47-year-olds and call them up and, and have them come back and, and give them the title again. Uh, I'm, I'm over that. Yeah, when they brought Goldberg back uh, last year, it was it was again where I was like, all right, he's gonna steamroll again. I just, it's hard to, and it, part of it's because he can't carry a long match, and I get it. It's that nostalgia factor and everything. Um, like if Hulk Hogan was able to get in the ring, you're gonna get the same three. You're gonna get three moves out of him. You're lucky <laughs> if you get a leg drop, and the crowd's gonna eat it up. And I'll admit that mm-hmm. I'll eat it up of that nostalgia. Um, do you remember back in the day when? Um, they brought back um, they brought back two wrestlers. One of them was missing a leg, and Jerry Lawler pulled his leg off. What was his name? Oh God, a uh, pewter, right? But Vashon? No, this was uh, like the butcher, uh, the butcher Vashon, and some other guy. They just brought back oh, okay. these old wrestlers, not even oh, really, the old just guys. to get in the okay. ring. Yeah, there were some real old guys, and it yeah. was, um, you know, it was like um, they're brought back. Uh, I didn't even know one of them was alive still, I guess, is how bad it was. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, when they brought those guys back, it wasn't like this kind of – they were going to get their – they were going to, you know, Jerry Lawler being a commentator, they're going to knock they're gonna knock his lights out and embarrass him. Ha, ha, okay, great, cool, move on. But they're not going to put these guys in, like, this top spot or something where they're going to, like, beat the champion. Right. There's no way they would send, you know, 50-year-old uh, Dick the Bruiser out there and have them go over Hulk Hogan or something. There's just no way they would do that. Um, but but that's what, what we got now, unfortunately. We got this cycle, uh, with, with starting with Brock Lesnar, um, and The Rock was part of that as well. He dropped in and, and had a title reign, and, and you understood that because they built the WrestleMania Miami around it and, make a, and made a shit ton of money. You, I, I get it, but... Uh, all these other guys at Edge and, and 
uh, Goldberg, and I loved Goldberg when he was doing his thing in WCW, but good God, that was 20 years ago, um, uh, more than 20 years ago. <sighs> yeah, they, I don't know why they can't build young guys right now. I, I really don't. Um, so, Jason, did you see anything else on the uh, uh, in the reviews of, of Brawl on Twitter, on wrestling Twitter, that, that, that stood out to you? Uh, nothing that hasn't been discussed tonight. So, yeah. I think you guys pretty well, you know, mirrored what I was seeing, you know, with obviously with a lot more depth than 150 or 160 or whatever number of characters it is that you can get on there. But it was definitely fun to scroll through there tonight and uh, and sort of get it get it that way and go, yeah, this is uh, pretty much what I expected it would be. Well, there's another one uh, where they did just like the Brock Lesnar constantly looking like a fool leading up to the Undertaker match, which he wound up winning, uh, and that's how I called that one. Um, they've got another one going for you to watch out for uh, when WrestleMania comes up this weekend, the uh, Raw Tag Team title match. They've had uh, they got this, this big black guy, big Nigerian named Omas, Omas, I think is what they call him. He's never wrestled before. He's never actually had a, res- a pro wrestling match at all. And he's going to tag with AJ Styles, who's a, a longtime veteran, and they're going to challenge new, the New Day for the Raw Tag Team titles. They've been embarrassing AJ Styles repeatedly. But, uh, they've had New Day beat AJ Styles in all these tag matches and singles matches for the last uh, three or four weeks or whatever. Um, so obviously this new guy, almost and, and AJ Styles are going to win the Raw Tag Team titles coming up at WrestleMania because they kept having them get embarrassed by the New Day over and over again. And it's so, it's so obvious. I don't know what the attraction for that match is besides watching this, this Omos guy and seeing if he can work at all because he's never wrestled before. So that's basically, he's a seven-foot Nigerian guy. That's basically why he's getting a push is because he's a seven-foot Nigerian. Can he wrestle at all? Eh, maybe, maybe not. But he's big. and uh, Yeah, they're going to do very similar to Ted DiBiase under the Giant. He's going to get in the ring, overpower and then AJ's going to be the, the Ted DiBiase role of work, being the working the working guy in, in the, the bunch, and then tag out for that guy to clean house a little bit, and then he'll, but AJ is going to do all the heavy lifting, which I'm, you know, I can't, that's the way you kind of want. Yeah, but that's almost a, a too perfect uh, analogy, Jerry, because Andre the Giant at that stage couldn't work at all. He was just awful. He was broken down. He was basically about to die in a, in a few years. I didn't know it, but uh, and, and that's exactly what almost sort of reminds me of because you're wondering, can he work? Can he wrestle? What's his coordination? Well, if you notice tonight on Raw, walking up the steps just to get into the ring, he tripped. He stumbled. So I think that's, <laughs> that's a perfect example of what, of what you're going to see, that AJ's going to have to be the, the guy with the working shoes on, and then they're going to tag the big guy in. He's going to do like two or three power moves, and hopefully he doesn't fall and break something while doing those two or three moves. Well, you know, but, or worse yet, hurt somebody. Yes. You know, my my observation of it, unfortunately, over the last uh, last few years, seems to be any any. First of all, how do they have tag team championships when it seems like there's maybe like three tag teams? They keep switching it back and forth between those those three or whatever tag team. Uh, New Day, yeah. they're they're not. They're not old guys. They're in their 30s. I think they're 10-time tag team champions. Yeah, it's 
as soon as I saw that it was the tag team championship was the New Day against somebody, it was like that's basically every WrestleMania now. It's been like got to be four years, five years in a row where it seems like they're wrestling against somebody. Um, it seemed like there was one stretch there where it was two or three years in a row. I think the tag team match was the same match. Yeah, like New Day against the Usos or something like that. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely like even when I'm thinking about like in the '80s and it was it was tag was that ever a, it ever really felt like it was that big of a deal? I think it was a bigger deal back in the '80s and '90s. But tag teams used to just be a couple of guys would team up, right? And they would have these you know the, the tag team matches, and it would it wouldn't be like there was an actual specific tag team. Well, in the eighties, some some guys came along that made tag team. They they elevated it to where you really wanted to be a top level tag team because you could make you, you really couldn't make that much money as a top level tag team. You know, before the Road Warriors, before the British Bulldogs. Okay. Um, and and then there was a run of guys like that. The Steiner brothers came along. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you want to be a singles because that's where you make your your money. You can't you you can make money as a top notch tag team, but you can make a lot more as a as a top notch single. So most most guys that come along want to be a single. But you're right when you observe that most tag teams are two guys that really couldn't hack it as singles or or didn't think they could hack it as well as if they teamed up together and and tried to do it that way. Um, that that that's definitely what the new day is. Those are like three guys who were. Uh, okay, they're they're all right as singles, but then they became a, a tag team and, and actually had a, a lot better uh, drawing power. Okay. Yeah, if you go back to the first two Survivor Series, they did have a tag team match where it was a nightmare to follow because the guys were all around the ring to where they could only use the hard cam um, because they That's right. took up all the run. But I'm telling you, it was the who's who of tag teams. And uh, it really showed you how alive and well, and these weren't, thrown together teams. I think the closest to a thrown together team during that time was uh, strike force, which was Tito Santana and Rick Martel. Um, but and he, they were really over too on top of that, but it was, it was like the who's who of tag teams and it go through this. Now the thing, I think a lot of it comes down to payroll. If you have all these great tag teams, you're paying them. You're, you're paying uh, that much more for one match. And I think a common thing now is you have, a bunch of people you can pair together and then you've got your, I think if you go to AEW, you got the young bucks and uh, I, I can think of, um, Oh, to zip my tongue. The, uh, the, 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 the clubbing, the ones where they're, Oh, um, the private party, private party. And uh, I, I'd be, you know, the other ones, there's a lot of them are just kind of put together. And I think if you go beyond the new day, currently, I would have to pause. I mean, because, uh, yeah, there's Dolph Ziggler and the... Um, the Ziggler oh, and Robert Roode are the SmackDown tag champs. Yeah, and he even dumped his great... It was the, the most over thing about him was his music, and he even dumped that so they could have unified music and it's the same outfit uh, and everything. Otherwise, it's classic where like Chris Jericho and Big Show would be Jericho's show where they would just throw two people together. I don't care <laughs> yeah. for that. And But it's rare now to have... I think the New Day, New Day and the Usos are about all you got for a true tag team. 
Right. All the other ones are basically two guys who are okay as singles, and they decide let's be a tag team, and we can have possibly more success. I think that's how it usually goes for for Mosehead. And then sometimes you know you you have magic, and you can actually you know be better known as a as a unit. Uh, you know the Killer Bees are Edge and Christian. Kind of you know yeah, a couple guys that are. Yeah, you know, those those well, that's two guys that grew that came up together and grew up together, and, and so there's an obvious connection there, and they uh, even got portrayed as brothers, even though they're not brothers. Uh, so yeah, that that's rare when you got two guys like that that break in at the same time, and that, that's real natural. Uh, but I was thinking of like Killer Bees were a, a top tag team in the '80s in that time that you're you're talking about those teams in the Survivor Series that were really good together, but they just, you know, they, they, they didn't start out as a, as a tag team. Jim Brunzel was doing his own thing and Brian Blair was doing his, and they just, yeah, let, let's get together. Let's see what, how it works. And they had their, you know, their, their striped trunks. So they decided we're, we're, we're bees now. We're going to buzz around the ring and we're going to pretend like we're bees. And it, and it got over and it, and it worked. Um, and the yeah, Rockers, it was interesting. The same thing. Their, their, their gimmick, their gimmick with the mask was actually a heel move. Of right, we're going to put on mask off. and cheat. It was really weird how they they were doing a heel move to get over, and it was it was like uh, okay, yeah, yeah. But it was it was a gimmick, and, and part of it, you know, uh, just trying to be different, just trying to do something that catches on and, and gets people's attention, and uh, you know, it's, it's not easy. It's certainly not easy, but uh, yeah, it's definitely not the same these days with, with tag teams. It's basically. You, you got a whole bunch of guys, teams where it's two guys that kind of like, uh, what are we doing? We're, what are you doing? Uh, you know, I'm not doing much. Well, I'm not doing much. You know what? Let's be a tag team. Let's, let's see if that works out. Yeah, so We're going to be together for right four now. months until we break up and have a blow-off match. Correct. <laughs> That's about it. So there's a, another match on uh, on the SmackDown side, Jay, that you didn't uh, see any build for on uh, reading about Raw because it's on – SmackDown, and this one's a little uh, iffy um, because it's uh, so it's Apollo Crews versus B- Big E. They're feuding over the Intercontinental title. They're a couple of black guys, right? So they had Apollo Crews turn heel on Big E at some point. Um, you know, started out as you know, let's have a, a straight up match and just see who's the best guy, and and you know, it's sportsmanship. And then Apollo Crews couldn't beat Big E, so he got frustrated and turned heel on him. That's fine that happens all the time that's uh there's no uh no issue making that uh a feud but what happened was they turned apollo cruz from uh an american from stone mountain georgia with no accent smiling black dude they turned him heel and all of a sudden he became a nigerian prince with this thick ass accent that you can't understand what he's saying <laughs> and a spear and they have- and chucking a spear because we know if there's anything we know about Vince McMahon, we know that he loves black guys in his wrestling league chucking a spear. He loves that shit. So they have uh, Apollo Crews turned into a Nigerian prince guy, and they have him challenge Big E for the Intercontinental title in a Nigerian drum fight. I don't know what that is. They haven't explained what that is. I have no idea. I guess they're going to explain it on SmackDown uh, coming up on Friday. Uh, they they couldn't just have him. They couldn't just have the black guys have a regular old feud. They couldn't just have him turn on Big E because he's jealous of him, and then, he, then they have a feud over the Intercontinental title. They had to turn him into a chuck uh, of spear chucking 
Nigerian prince guy with the African war ritual Nigerian drum fight bullshit. I, I I'm sorry. I'm I, I might be oversensitive, but I don't I don't like that crap at all because my uh, wife. You, you, we were watching that. My wife looked at me and she's like, "You've got to be kidding me!" I'm like, <laughs> "They saw us him, but his ass." And my wife's like, "I don't even want to know what the hell that means." And no, no, you her don't. It, Mr. America, Tony Atlas got turned into Saba Simba, and she's like, "Say what?" And of course, I had to queue up the footage. She's like, "Yeah, I don't even know what to say." I've explained that one to Jason before. Literally chucking a spear, literally. Yeah, Tony Atlas, Peacock's ah, from Roanoke, Virginia. <laughs> but don't, but don't slap your leg. Just don't slap your leg. Whatever you do, don't slap your leg while throwing a kick. Yeah, we referred to that a couple times, Jason. They actually uh, banned uh, in WWE. They actually sent a memo around the locker room uh, last month, and they said the, the, all the phony shit that you see on wrestling and the stomping and mad and, 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 and slapping your hand when you're throwing a punch and all that crap, all the stuff that you've seen for years and years and years that you saw was fake when you were uh, you know six, seven years old, and I didn't yeah. see it for years, they decided to ban slapping your leg while throwing a kick because that was not realistic. That's what's not realistic. Okay, <laughs> right. So Bad, pretending to kick them in the face without leaving a mark. Okay, as uh, a fine. sound effect, not okay. But slapping your leg while doing that? Oh no, we can't have that. That makes us look bad. Right. And yeah. I love it how they try to explain it, saying, "Well, it's gotten out of hand where they're really obvious about it." I'm like, "How do you not make it obvious <laughs> to slap your leg?" It's kind of been obvious for 30 years. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's no um, different from where the guy would go to punch, but then he'd also, like, pound his chest at the same time. <laughs> or or, or stomp the mat. Yeah. It stomp the mat. And the mat during big events, well, now it's always done, but during the main pay-per-views back in the day, the, the mat was miked. So mm-hmm. it really had effect. But when I'd go to a house show, they wouldn't, you know, that, that cost too much money, so it'd be like, oh, that's why this is a house show. I'll, yeah. I, I don't know if you guys have ever been to a house show, but that's a totally different experience. Oh, yeah, I've been to plenty. Uh, it, instead of sounding like uh, a, a thunderclap when the guy gets body slammed uh, at a house show, it basically sounds like he fell on some mousetraps. <laughs> and that really is what's under the ring sometimes is, is, is set mousetraps. That, that's no joke. Uh, but yeah, I, I definitely have a problem with the uh, the Apollo Cruz thing. Um, I got a problem with the celebrity involvement uh, with Bad Bunny. I don't know what he might wind up being pretty good in the ring because clearly he's you know familiar with the product, so that's that's fine. So they might be able to uh, prep him and, and make that match somewhat passable. But in general, I don't like the idea of guys dropping in for uh, that's that's that's. Two guys that are definitely having a match at WrestleMania with Bad Bunny and almost that have never had an actual full-blown wrestling match. And the first one's going to be at WrestleMania. That's at least two. And that's not counting three, uh, which is uh, this internet showed Logan Paul, this, this YouTube idiot uh, that's going to get involved in uh, another match uh, that's on SmackDown, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Um, I don't know how involved he's going to be, but he's going to be there. He's, he's already a part of the angle. Um, and, and he's just kind of in the middle of it for no good reason, except he's a, he's a, he's a celebrity. He's a quote-unquote celebrity. I never heard of the guy, but 
Um, so yeah, that, that, but that's WrestleMania. You get a lot of celebrity involvement. I understand that, but I just don't like them necessarily being in the middle of the matches because it, it it really puts a, a bad light on the product if they don't perform the way they're supposed to. It makes it look really bad. Um, I remember Rob Gronkowski couple years ago in the Battle Royals and then how fake it looked when he's jumping in there and, and smiling and having a good time and he's supposed to be selling being hurt but he's got a big smile on his face and it's like oh yeah. god so yeah I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. Oh, don't forget Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble. I'm trying desperately to forget Drew Carey in the Royal Rumble. <laughs> desperately trying. Oh man. That's but the, nothing uh, the WrestleMania. Jay Leno. Jay Leno getting a, oh. putting a hammer lock an, an arm bar on Hulk Hogan. That'll never, nothing will ever be worse than that. Jay, if you, the, the, the absolute gold mine of celebrities beating up supposedly top notch wrestlers and, and the wrestlers having right. to sell it and make it look good. Uh, Jay Leno and was he teaming with Paige, with Diamond Dallas Paige? Um, uh, yeah, against, yes. Against Hulk Hogan and Dennis Rodman. And, uh, oh, yeah, man. Hulk. Hogan actually had to sell like Jay Leno was hurting him. And it's like, really? That's what happened when you get your celebrities from Wish. <laughs> uh, or that's what happens when Eric Bischoff is involved and in, in trying to get as much publicity as he possibly can. Because he, he would, Eric Bischoff would sell his soul to the devil. He he absolutely would, would sell anything on anybody uh, if he could get that, that rub, that, that celebrity rub. So. Uh, the, the the golden days of WCW. That's uh, that's a long time ago. Uh, Jerry is going on midnight. We've kept you uh, long enough. We're gonna let you go. Uh, once again, appreciate you taking the time to join our show and our WrestleMania preview. You do it every year, and I cannot thank you and appreciate you enough. And hopefully, uh, the shows will be. Uh, I guess better than than we we think. It, I think NXT is going to be great. Those, those two nights uh, that NXT does it Wednesday and Thursday, and then WrestleMania Saturday and Sunday. Uh, kind of got to cross your fingers and hope for the best with uh, with those two shows. But but we're, we're both looking forward to the, to the women's matches, I believe, and then hopefully they will come through as advertised. All right, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, thanks, Jerry. That is Jerry, the wrestling expert, who joins us every year to preview WrestleMania. This is the 37th WrestleMania that we're getting ready for coming up this weekend. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a thing in front of people again. We've had the, the baseball in front of fans, and that's been fun to watch. It's, it's uh, been good to see. It's been good to yeah. see. It doesn't, it doesn't feel as icky. No, it's, it's, not, quite, it, it's not quite as clean you still have a bunch of people uh, standing around uh, with uh, with no masks, so it's still a little bit like eh, I don't know, but but uh, it's still a welcome sight. It's still once again getting a little bit back to to normal. More on our after show when we come back. All right, into our very uh, abbreviated VIP after show because both of us have to work tomorrow, so we won't be at uh, too, I, too I, long. I don't have to work tomorrow. Oh, okay. But I'm I'm going right. to bed. Yeah, I do have to work tomorrow. Um, the, the one thing I definitely wanted to say is, oh my God, did you uh, completely whoop my ass in the March oh. Badness bracket? Oh, uh, wait, wait a minute! Whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you, waited, you waited till the after show. Hey, I didn't have to mention it at all. 
That's true. <laughs> you didn't. And we had a guest. I didn't want to take up time. Oh, with the, okay, with the that's guests true. And I was time. late. I actually came out to the computer to get on the show because I had the computer on, and the computer, like the like the monitor, was green. I was like, oh, so it does Ooh. that every once in a while. So I had to restart the computer. So I ended up, and that. Uh, once you do a hard restart, it takes like five minutes for everything to get back to where you feel safe opening up the browser. Sure. So, yeah, but I got it. In. No, but yes, thank, thank you. Uh, it's a, I, I took out a few years of frustration, I guess, losing in the brackets to you. Well, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to top this, where you had Gonzaga going all the way to the final before losing the undefeated season yes. to a Texas college. The only thing you had wrong was the wrong Texas college. You had Houston instead. It was Baylor. But other than that, you, you fucking nailed it, man. You and got not it. only that, Literally. Baylor was the other Final Four team for me. Yeah, yeah. You you so, had three of the Final Four, and, and yeah. man, that's uh, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to, to, to top something like that. Uh, I just want to pick the champ right and – uh, but you almost had the uh, the whole finals uh, correct. You almost had both teams in, and you definitely had Gonzaga uh, dropping that la- that first game, that first L in the in the national title game, and they dropped it, and they dropped it hard. They they got whooped tonight. <laughs> so yeah, no, I'll take I'll, I'll take that win because I I believe you had maxed out your points by the time the Sweet Sixteen rolled around. It, yes, it feels like I I maxed out my points right when the tournament began, basically. So I'll, I'll take it. I don't know what I win. Uh, normally the winner would get to pick which broadcast of the draft they get to watch. Um, right, except I don't know which, which broadcast you'd be able to watch because you don't have cable anymore. So that's yeah, why I'll we probably, kinda... I will probably make it a point since you can do basically streaming on demand almost. You can buy – I could buy a month of something or do a trial of something so that I can at least watch the draft. Cause I, I, I will watch the draft. Okay. You know, or listen to it on the radio in some combination, you know, normally I, I'm it's on, I don't know what nights they're doing. I think it's Thursday night. It starts usually. Um, I, you know, I meant to look that up before the damn show started. So let me it's in, try to it's do in, that right now. In May. Right, it's in May. Yeah, it's after the uh, it's after the Oscars. It's after the Kentucky right. Derby, I believe. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll figure out some way so that I can watch it or stream it. Um, but I definitely want to be able to to catch the draft because that's uh, or that's our our one, you know, kings of non sequitur sort of football heavy show. Right. And it's something that's a lot better to watch. Uh, just like Monday Night Raw, it's much better to watch and then to try to keep up online. So you definitely want to actually watch the right. uh, the happenings of the draft. Yeah. So I know last year it was I started watching it at work and switched over to the radio, and then got right. home and started watching it again. So I actually ended up getting a little bit of the, you know, I got the TV and the radio, and actually enjoyed the radio call of it more. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I just liked the, whoever whoever they had on the radio actually doing the, the the commentating was doing a better job than whoever they had on the TV. All right, draft event info. Uh, Thursday, April 29th. Oh, so it's this month. 
Yeah, I thought it was wow. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All uh, right. Coming up from Cleveland. Oh. And uh, this is definitely the wrong year for me to lose uh, March Badness and, and have to watch the ESPN version because uh, did you hear who they're having host the draft now on ESPN? Because it had been – last year was a Trey Wingo. It's been Wingo all these years, and uh, yeah. with all his uh, sort of lame side cracks, he, he was almost trying to be like Berman with with the uh, with the right. tr- sort of witty jokes and whatnot. But it, at least it was uh, somewhat palatable. And for whatever reasons, only the ESPN execs know they took him down. They announced this a couple months ago. They took down Wingo, and now the host of the NFL draft is Mike Greenberg. I. Do not know why they decided to do that, but uh, I'll I'll do it. I'll bite the bullet. I will. I'll be watching the ESPN, but and, and maybe the little bit of uh, upside is I'll get to critique the first night of of Greeny uh, ever doing that and see just how bad it is. And I won't I won't have to rely on Twitter to tell me how bad. I'll actually get to see it myself. You'll but, see uh, but that's <laughs> live and in person. That's my punishment for for losing uh, March Badness as bad as I did. I, I have to see Greeny do the draft. So, oh, good, yeah. good luck well, to me. Uh, yeah, let's let's take another show here. Uh, at some point, we can go over some of the other uh, goings on. We can talk about our baseball draft, which I want to do um, a, a little bit more of a thorough breakdown of than uh, like the five minutes I probably got left in me here tonight. Yeah, that, that, that's fine. Because that um, was an event. Unlike any was it, any other. <laughs> was a thing. <laughs> Definitely a thing. And uh, um, also, uh, we want to break down. I, I, I got to break down my vacation and tell you about all how horrible it was, but we had a great time. Sure, of course. I was trying to look up the uh, the Oscars uh, thing that Dave. Uh, I don't know if I had told you, Dave did get a hold yeah. of me and. and He's definitely up for, for doing the Oscars show that Sunday, April 25th. And then that means the draft uh, will be coming up very, uh, the, the, that week, several days later. Yeah. Uh, the uh, 28th is, is Thursday. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so we'll probably, I'd say sometime between now and the Oscars show, let's, we can drop in, a, uh, drop in a potpourri show here next week sometime. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, next, maybe next weekend. Yeah. Uh, do something. Catch up, yeah. Catch up on the the draft and and, and your vacation and and other uh, odds and ends. Yeah, we got we'll have uh, a couple of weeks of baseball under the under our belt. You know, it's lots of stuff going on. Always lots of stuff going on. And even if there always. isn't anything going on, we'll fill two hours. We'll find a way to have stuff going on. That's true. All right, sounds good. So I think we're we're I think we're about finished here. I yes, I'm my I, I was. I struggled to stay awake for about the last 20 minutes of that show, but I did it. Yeah, I, I, and I didn't even uh, touch on uh, uh, AEW with Jerry, which I uh, I intended to, but uh, it was I looked at the clock and I'm like, oh, we we really did kill yeah. the whole 90 minutes with, with WrestleMania, so let me let him uh, let him let him go. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll get into it uh, next year. You know, the AEWs, it's 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 fun, man. I'm, I, I already uh, explained it or described it when they first started, and nothing's changed. They still seem like the uh, the the theater troupe that's just doing it for the love of, of theater. They they all the all every time I see AEW, they look like they're having so much fun doing what they're doing. It's not nearly as serious 
as WWE. If you're interested at all in watching some wrestling in which they actually look like they're having fun, I would suggest you you find some some AEW. They're on uh, Wednesday nights on TNT, by the way. Okay. Um, so just uh, so and they're also on YouTube. Uh, so yeah, that's the, that's about it for us. Um, so yeah, thank you for for getting in there. And Jerry, both of you put a scare into me because neither one of you were there when the show started. Because Jerry oh. kept for the whole fifteen minutes before the show, he kept trying to get in on using the computer link, and I I don't know why, but it, it wasn't working. I couldn't hear him. None of, none of the times he came in, I could hear him. So finally, he called in on the phone line, and that that was a damn good phone line he he used. He was uh, that was a very clear signal. Yeah, it was uh, clear. Yeah, that was that was excellent. Uh, he kept dropping and coming back, so that was a, a, a bad thing. But uh, I, I seamlessly uh, got him back in each time, so he, he didn't really miss much. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, thanks to Jerry, thanks to you, thanks to both of you for for eventually getting on there. But I was by myself the first minute. I was like, uh, "Hey, welcome to our WrestleMania." Well, preview. you know, if anybody uh, can talk about wrestling by themselves on air for ninety <laughs> minutes, it's you. It will probably be me. That's that's a good point. All right, uh, yeah, next weekend they're still aiming for uh, to get back on here and uh, and catch up on some odds and ends. All right, he is Jay. I am Dre. This has been in much less detail the podcast. The Kings of Non-Sequitur version, our WrestleMania preview, living on the edge with Edge and the 47-year-old is going to win the title on Sunday, and I don't know why. But I don't run WWE, so I don't have a, a say in the matter. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks or so next weekend. We're aiming for to catch up on other things, baseball and whatnot. And we will talk to you then. Hopefully you enjoyed our WrestleMania preview, and hopefully you enjoy the Wrestling that's coming up this week, NXT, WWE, AEW, all of that. Uh, and my uncle, thanks for thanks to my uncle for uh, having a cameo and, and coming in as well. All right, everyone enjoy your uh, the rest of your evening, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.